Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. Thank you for joining us today as we look forward to talking about relationships and continuing our series on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. All about love. But we are continuing, but also ending because this right. is the last of the episodes. We got eight episodes out of this and yeah, yeah it's been really it's been neat. fun. I mean, it's been really good just to, to remember what um, scripture has taught us about love. Obviously, it's not what the culture says about love as far as, you know, it's all warm fuzzies and stars mm-hmm. in your eyes. Yeah. It has to endure and bear and persevere. And yeah. And this time we're talking about believes all things and hopes all things, again, rightly ordered toward the Lord. All right. Well, I do believe that you've had kind of a big change in your life recently. So I why should talk a little bit about what's oh, going so on with crazy. that. I, I feel like life's been coming at me pretty fast lately. Um, I am a mother of five, in case you didn't know. And my oldest is 31 and my youngest is 18. Well, literally a month ago, I thought that she was going to be living at home and going to local community college. I mean, that had been the plan for mm-hmm. quite some time. Well, it turns out... My oldest daughter, who is uh, a COO in a company that does uh, dance and fitness in preschools, has hired my daughter, Uh (laughs) the 18-year-old, to go and work. So lo and behold, she's moved out of the house and she's starting a career doing this. So she Mm said she's taken a a gap year. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. But. Oh my goodness, within a couple of weeks, I had my daughter move out, my mother-in-law pass away, and now my youngest daughter moved out. I've never been in this house with just my husband and I. And in the same weekend that my husband, uh, or excuse me, that Dottie moved out, my daughter's fiance moved in because he didn't want to start another lease before they get married in the fall. Uh So he's really just... He just comes to sleep, so I don't really see much of him. Mm-hmm. But it's life's been coming at me fast, Megan. <laughs> it's been crazy. So the empty nester yeah. situation has come upon you faster than you expected. Yes. So how really have you has. been experiencing not just the reality of being alone in the home, but like, you know, you expected that your 18-year-old daughter wouldn't be kind of going off on her own to work a job quite so soon. So I can imagine that there's a little trepidation as oh, it relates to that. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, well, after I had my panic attack, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm prone to do when I first, when something first enters in, I'm like, Ooh. Um, and, you know, I start to go right towards prayer and the Lord, I always tell the Lord, Lord, I know you love her so much more than I do. And I'm going to trust in your providence and I'll pray for your beautiful divine providence. And that that kind of talks me off the ledge a little bit, just knowing that he's got a plan for her more beautiful than I could imagine, um, given that she gives her mm-hmm. yes, of course. Um, but that's what keeps me sane is prayer, just going to the Lord with um, the trust and abandonment to his providence during this time. Um, mm-hmm. It's really different. There are definitely some... Pluses, I don't have to cook as much. That's kind of nice. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's like, I've been parenting for 31 years. Right. Not that you never really quit parenting. Sure. Well, not sure. really parenting, but at least supporting and loving mm-hmm. as a grandmother and a mother of adult children. But yeah, be interesting to mm-hmm. see my young 18-year-old out on her own working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. That's a whole new territory for me. 
Yeah. So I guess since our topic today is kind of believing and hoping, what are you hoping for her? Well, I'm really hoping that she um, falls in love with Jesus more every day through her uh, real life experiences Mm -hmm. and and knows how much she needs him in the sacraments of uh, the mass and confession, praying that that's a kind of a light bulb that goes off. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping for a very best, hoping for lots of growth and virtue and maturity. Mm. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the perennial hope of a parent, right? For sure. It's just harder sometimes when you have to do it. No, 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 it's true. I think there is just the hardship of when you have to let go and like you get less opportunity to try to mold that and you have to just like hope that what you did was enough. Right. So Megan, that transition was probably one of the hardest ones for me because I I have these little arguments or conversations with myself about, well, you know, how much do I try to impose what we've taught her um, after she's left the home? Like, and I, I have consciously made the choice to say, you're an adult now. These choices are your choices because I just feel like God will work through them mm-hmm. instead of me. It could be worse if I stood. I mean, a lot of people will disagree with me on this one, but stand over her, go to mass, go to mass, you know, right. and that kind of thing. Instead of, I want you to own it. I want sure. you to love it. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't stand over them. Did you go to mass this, this Saturday, the Sunday, whenever, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't do that. And, and right. maybe there'll be people that really disagree with me on that, but I, I feel like they need to own their faith. Uh, the sooner, the better. Yeah. Um, and there does get to a point when, you know, they have made the decision to, live out life as an adult in the sense they've moved out of the house. They're not, you know, relying on you for everything and willing to take on the mantle of responsibility that is adulthood. Respect demands that you, you know, give them the freedom to make the choices and understanding that those might be bad choices. And, you know, I think that reality of believing that even the bad choices can lead to good Eventually, that there are things to be learned and the experience of consequences is a positive thing and that we can't just keep our kids in a bubble for their entire lives and and direct everything and think that they're going to grow into like well-formed human beings that are, you know, mature. You know, that's not going to happen. So it it takes a certain amount of trust uh, to say, you know what, Lord, I release them into your hands. And I'm going to trust that you will take care of them. And even if they make some bad choices along the way, that there's, you know, blessing that you can bring even in that. Yeah. That's pretty much what goes through my head most days, honestly. And that's a, you know, I, I think that's a peaceful sort of holy way to go about things. But I swear sometimes it's hard to hold on to that hope because I will say one thing that's been going on with me in this summer months is because I've had more free time um, being out at the country property and not having a bunch of appointments and always having to drive into town and all those sort of things. Unfortunately, one of the things that that freedom has brought me is more time to engage in looking at the news (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. And there's just so many things out there that I'm just, uh, I constantly find myself just shaking my head and be like, oh my gosh, 
this is, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And there's this having to, and that's just, that's not just the, like the secular culture either. It's the church. Yes. You know, and I think it really comes to bear with this topic because while I think I have an easier time believing in the good of people, individuals, than I do in institutions and governments and cultures and things like that. And so that's the place where I can get more into a mode of real um, disillusionment yeah. and, you know, even to the point of this is never going to get any better. Yeah, to have that negative, atti- the, yeah. the glass half empty kind of attitude about the situations. Half empty would be generous at yeah, this point. I mean, like it feels like, drop. yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I, I'm with you too. I, I will start looking at the news and slowly I, I get, I literally get a knot in the pit of my stomach. Mm-hmm. I will start to get a knot in my stomach and I'm like, Oh, Pam, no more. And that could be after literally three minutes of looking, say on Twitter. And there's yeah. so much that's bombarding me. I'm like, okay, this is not what God wants of you. You need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I think, it, I think we talked about it a little bit that over this summer, um, one of the big stories has been about the movie sound of freedom and uh, I did go to see it and it really profoundly impacted me. It just like, just ripped my heart open. And, and to see the um, sheer magnitude of the problem was just shocking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, oh man, is there something I'm called to do? And, you know, and all this, you know, just like feeling just so much wanting to be part of a solution. And, you know, while I was in that, I just recently heard in the news that the government has decided to no longer consider a, an issue to be attended to and like kind of remove funding to try to combat like child sex trafficking. And to have these two things like happen at the same time just really was made me feel so despairing yeah. of our nation and just what our, the priorities are of the people who seem to be running the things. And so Mm -hmm. how do we fight that? How do we fight? Because, you know, honestly, obviously if we're going to believe in hope, we need to combat despair. I mean, that's really the the other side of the coin, right? I, 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 as one who has really struggled with, despair a lot or mm-hmm. uh, what's another word for it when everything just, I mean, I would say that as a teenager, especially I was glass half empty. I was, I always saw the negative side of everything. I didn't mm-hmm. see things. And so I've really worked hard through my, my, after my like deepest conversion 15 years ago to, to be a person of joy. Cause that's what God cares about calls us to, to be people of joy when we know the fullness of the truth. Right. Mm. So I always check myself when I start to fall in those despairing moments. And I, I, obviously I still do, especially the topics that you're talking about, just, just so hard and um, so difficult. And um, there's still that part of me, the hope in me is I know God's wins. And then a good friend of mine said once time when things are looking really bad in the world, she just kind of laughs and says, how are you going to get us out of this one, Lord? Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and I love that, like that lightness about it, because we know it's true. God has the last word. God wins sure. in this whole thing. 
But as we're going through it and seeing the tragedy, the true human tragedy, um, it makes it really difficult to feel hope. But I think as a Christian, that is should be our middle name to hope. Mm. Yeah. And perhaps, you know, as I was saying that it's like easier to maintain that posture of hope and to believe in goodness when it relates to an individual that maybe if we looked at things from God's perspective as, you know, the people in the world as his children. And just as I was saying to you, you know, we have to trust that even the bad choices that, a, that one of our children might make can God can bring teaching and, you know, bring greater truth from the consequences yes. of the bad choices. You know, if we kind of globalize that more and say, you know, the Lord looks at his children on earth and says, you know what? They're making some bad choices and there are going to be some consequences for those bad choices. Sure. But just as we hope with our own individual children, that those consequences could lead to a flowering of more truth, more goodness, more, you know, turning towards the Lord, because the reality is, is that as things go down and down and down, um, what people can find is that the things of this world are not satisfying. These things of the world are, you know, they're chasing all these things and trying to fill their cup with all this stuff. And in the end, they're still unsatisfied. And, and hopefully what that will lead to is truly seeking the thing that will satisfy and being open to the witness of those who say, you know, I found the way and his name is Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so I think that may be a challenge for us as Christians that instead of focusing on what we could despair about or what we could be so frustrated or disgusted with in, in the culture to say, okay, they're going to be coming. They're going to be coming looking for the answers. They're going to be coming looking for consolation and truth and peace and joy. And I got to be the witness. That's right. And to be like, prepare ourselves for that mm -hmm. battle of, mm -hmm. you know, being a witness in a world of darkness right. and being that light. And so, yeah, that kind of like that rallying cry of this is our opportunity. You know, it's the famous phrase where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Love it. And, you know, in times of great darkness, God raises up mighty saints and, you know, let's be those saints, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be those saints. And, and the only way you can do that, be a saint in a time of darkness or any time really, but particularly in times of great darkness is to live in hope and trust uh, in, in the good that the Lord's going to bring. That's right. I love the hope, the hope part. But I do want to bring it more to the personal level um, because... The believes all things, hopes all things. I think, you know, you could say all things, <laughs> you know, and I, and I don't think it does mean all things in the sense. I think it's really trying to say the possibility of good. Believe that there is the possibility of good in all circumstances. Yes, that's hard. Why is that so hard? Though? Yeah. And I, you know, I really find that it is difficult when you've, had a certain amount of exposure to an individual who is making choices that you really disagree with and seems to be making from a place of selfishness. Um, and it seems to be quite willing to hurt other people to satisfy their own desires. It's very hard to cling to this place of saying, but I know there's really goodness in this person 
it's so easy to um, really define another person by their sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. You know, we we often say, "Oh, you know, hate the sin, but love the sinner." But the problem is, the sin can be a very, very obscuring thing yeah. to see the sinner yes. when the sin is just sin, sin, sin. It's like, how do you even see the person sometimes mm-hmm. beyond it? Especially if that sin is directly impacting you or someone you love. Right, right. And I would find, I don't know, maybe you can speak to your own experience of it, but I find it much easier to endure sinful behavior directed towards me than someone I love. To sit <laughs> back and watch someone I love be hurt by another person, it is very hard for me to hold on to the concept of the goodness of that person. Yeah. For sure. No, I think that's, especially as a mother. Yeah. Uh, especially as a mother. That's but really, it goes really beyond hard. motherhood. It's people I really care about. Like if I love the, a person and somebody is hurting that person, oh man. The, the mama bear. Fight, yeah. The mama bear <laughs> fighter in me just wants to get right in there. And be like, you awful person. Yep, you know? yep, How protect. could you, mm-hmm. you know, and I can see that. But wow. um, that's the hard thing is that we realize that we're called not to love just the people who resonate with us or who, you know, we enjoy or think are beautiful people, but we're called to love everybody. Right. What is that really convicting uh, quote that says something like you only love God as much as you love the least person you love. Yeah. And then Jesus, he says is like, you know, what, is it that you love, you know, your family? Like even the pagans do that. You know, I'd tell you, you know, love your enemy mm-hmm. and pray for those who persecute you. Right. And so he's calling us to this challenge, very high challenge of love for all there. He doesn't really, is there any person he gives an exception to that? You, oh, no, that person you don't need to love. <laughs> no. And it doesn't. One of the things I think that really helps me when I get down a path where I'm starting to really think negatively about person and not believe the best and the good in them, again, comes down to the passion. Jesus thought this person was worthy of giving his life for. So good. It was so good. So there must be something in there worthy yeah, oh. there are times where I struggle with that too. Yeah. Are there any things that in particular like make it harder for you to to see the good? I think it um, has to do with just long time pattern of negative behavior, mm-hmm. poor behavior. Mm-hmm. Um like really poor behavior, nothing just smiled, like prone to anger or something, but like stealing from you or mm. um, just chronic foul language aimed at you or things like that. Um, I really find I have difficulty. I, I don't have a lot of hope in the person. <laughs> Again, we'll go back to what we said in the last episode. I'll go back to the hope in the Lord mm-hmm. and their abilities to change that person with that person's yes. But it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with that a lot of times. Um, seeing you know, like one person praying for one person in general, it's not Christian for a very, 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 very long time. And it's still 
and still hurts, you know, mm-hmm. to, but uh, I, I hold on to love and hope that conversion could happen if it's God's holy will. And with her, yes, it could happen. Um, but the other thing, other side of that is too, that if she doesn't choose the Lord, his justice is more beautiful. Mm-hmm. That took me a long time to get around to that, that way of thinking. When you say that, what it, what exactly do you mean by Hell. that? Hell. So you're saying that for someone who chooses to reject the Lord, that justice, the justice of hell is appropriate. That's right. That's right. That's so Uh hard. That's so harsh. But um, the Lord convicted me on this because I've been praying for this particular person for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And just like I was fraught with despair over it. Right. Right. That's not where God wanted me. So I decided, or I didn't decide, the Holy Spirit really convicted me that my justice is more beautiful. So keep hoping, keep praying, mm-hmm. and know that my justice is beautiful too. Right. That's hard. It's a hard reality. It is a hard reality for sure. And I think, I wonder sometimes if where we go wrong is what we're hope for. You know? Like, for people who were struggling to believe the good in them, sometimes we're hoping that something will happen that'll wake them up. That'll like, like maybe a negative thing that they'll have the negative consequence. That's going to make them realize the error of their ways. You know, often I think that's where we go when really sometimes if we were to focus on hoping for their good, as far as, positive things Mm -hmm. like hope for them to be loved in a way that they can receive, especially if they're not, they're clearly not receiving your love. Like if you're in a um, relationship where they're either they're it's contentious or they've shut you out. They like, they want nothing to do with you. They're not going to really be able to receive your love. And, And so instead of responding with out of a pain place of pain, It's like, well, you know, they've sinned against me. So I hope that they get their come up and so that they can come to the right thinking or whatever. You're like, wow, okay. They're not going to have the opportunity to experience love from me. So let me pray that they experience it from someone else. Even if they never accept me or never, you know, and to, to the will, the good of the other and hope for their good, even if it doesn't, involve you or anything you want at all that's hard so hard but you know it's one of those things where i i feel like i've been a bit convicted in some you know in some relationships where i've struggled in this place of believing the good about another um to force myself to pray specifically for good things for them um with the hope that maybe that'll over time change my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I do that kind of in my mother's prayer group mm-hmm. that um, I'm doing it for my goodness, four or five years now. And while we pray for God's will be done in our kids' lives, of course we want, you know, picture perfect. They're going to mass. They're going, they love the Lord. They have healthy relationships. Those are all the things that we really want for them mm-hmm. and think the Lord would like that for them too. We don't know. 
But while we're praying for all those things and the hard things like the um, alcoholism or just whatever it is, the Lord slowly changes us, slowly increasing our trust in his providence that he is there with us and he loves them more than we do. Yeah. I feel like I want to do a temperature check because, you know, as I'm thinking, we're getting close to the end of this series on, on love and just kind of want to touch base with you about how you're feeling regarding, I don't know, something you've been convicted of or something that you're really hoping that people take away from all this or anything like that. At the end of the day, I pray that people will learn to trust the words of Jesus and St. Paul in this instance, when he talks Mm -hmm. about love, right? but that Christ is a credible witness. He spoke truth. And if we live by those truths, our love will increase and grow much like this whole um, passage that we've been talking about in first Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he is a credible, he is believable and he speaks the truth. Cause, cause in our humanity, oftentimes I don't think we really truly believe like maybe we do believe it, but we have a hard time believing all things work for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's a hard thing to continually to hold on to when you see someone falling in despair and perhaps even committing suicide. Mm, you know, that's, yeah. it's really hard to see God's work in, in there. But I always go to, I do not know the mind of God. And I need to have that humility to know I don't know the mind of God or what good he'll work out of it, but I trust him mm-hmm. and I trust his word. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I'm looking back on it, it's, I think we can't just let the words of this scripture passage, you know, wash over us and, oh, isn't that lovely? That's beautiful. And like, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the choosing to love. You know, it sounds so cliche. Oh, love is an action. Like, it just makes me kind of want to gag when I hear it yeah. because it's just so overdone, right? But the reality <laughs> is, is that it is a choice to want to love as God calls us to love. Like, and to recognize that we can't have the both and we can't have the either or, I'm sorry, of loving God and not loving our neighbor. He said it so clearly. It's so tied, right? It's like, you know, when he, you know, the greatest commandments, right? Love God and love your neighbor. And then, you know, when in the letter, you know, John writes in one of his letters, like, how can you love God who you can't see if you can't love the one you do see? And I think, what I just really want to challenge people and challenge, I challenge myself continuously. So it's, it's not just like, Oh, here I am. Got it all figured out. Cause I struggle mm-hmm. with this. I struggle with the reality that I cannot love the Lord and be complacent with my faulty low level of desire to love any other person. I cannot be complacent with it. And what needs to happen when I'm struggling in that area, when I go through this laundry list and I recognize, you know what, I'm brooding here or I'm failing to believe the good about a person here. When I recognize in that examination, I am falling short here. I can't say, oh, well, 
guess that's just the way it is. Got to fight the good fight. Yeah. We've got to use all the things that the Lord has put it on our disposal mm. to grow in holiness. And that means sacraments. Get yourself to confession when you're not loving well. That's right. You know, own up to Daily it. Mass. Mass. Receive love himself in the Eucharist and it'll grow our hearts. Spend time with him in adoration. Like do the things that are going to help us do it. And, you know, let's not be people who are a people of excuses, mm. a people mm. of just, complacency this striving mm. running the race and let the finish line be perfect love and know that we're never going to achieve it in this life but that's okay he's not expecting us to reach the finish line in this life but he is calling us to keep running towards it that's and right. like it says if you are moving forward you're moving mm-hmm. back that's right so true. and so maybe if we just had that vision of a big finish line that says love. And that's the beauty of it. As we strive to love, we will grow in our ability to receive love. It's like this flow back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, St. John of the, sorry, St. Yeah. St. John of the cross says in the end, we shall be judged on love. And that's the, the whole thing of our lives is how did you love? How did you love? Was and that's what that St. Peter, when he reads the pearly gates, how have you loved? Yeah. That will be the one question. I don't think of it as Peter doing it. I think Jesus is going to stand yeah, right there in front of me. And it's like, yeah, yeah. The gates, yeah. And so that should, that should convict us. It should. And, definitely. But, you know, speaking in of our daily lives. Right. Moment to moment. But one of the things I want to speak about believing and hoping, and this is something we haven't really touched about in much we have to believe and hope in ourselves. Ooh. We have to believe that we can be better. We can believe that we can receive the grace to make us into the person that God wants us to be. That there is a beautiful, holy person within us that he created for himself in the image of himself that we can be. And I think sometimes it's our own lack of belief in ourselves that prevents us from doing these hard things like, no, I, I can't do that. That's too hard. It's too hard. Don't settle for that. Yeah. Because the Lord will not ask us to do something he's not willing to give us the grace to accomplish. He doesn't work that way. So well put, Megan, because I struggle with that. I mean, it's only been like here in my 50s that I started thinking, okay, it's okay for me to pray for myself. <laughs> mm. I, guess I think so many people, especially when I was younger, uh, oh, to pray for myself is so selfish. No, no, because all good things will come from you being a better person. So pray for yourself. Pray for wisdom. Pray for kindness, gentleness, patience, love, mm. all of those things. Yeah. You know, it comes to mind, Jesus is talking, he's like, it is, you know, harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of an needle. And then what did the people respond? Well, it's so hard. Who can be saved? And Jesus responds from, for man is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And that's the thing. All things are possible. You can love, you can love this person. You think that you can't love. Mm. You can love yourself. You can love God, but you're not going to do it on your own. You can only do it with him. And through him. So true. 
And I just, my heart hurts for those people who want to do it and try to do it on their own. But I guess maybe that's their path. I just pray for them that they'll turn toward the Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, be of good hope, be of good cheer. To be Christian is to be filled with hope. Amen. And, you know, the world needs our love. It needs it. It needs authentic witnesses to true love. And the scripture, it's just this beautiful blueprint for what God's love for us is and who, how we're called to love each other. So let's just go and do it. Let's do it. Let's stop talking about it and go do it. Right. Another great way to, to wrap up this segment too, Megan, is to refer to the theological virtues of Faith, hope, and love. Uh, those were our episodes 110, 111, and 112. True. Which is really another way to go back and really support this whole series we've just finished and concluded mm-hmm. on First Corinthians yeah. about love. Because it's only it abiding really, in him that, that will do it. it. We, need those, we need those virtues in order to love. So no excuses. Get out there and love hard. Love hard, my friends. All right. Well, we loved having you with us, and uh, we'll be back with... Who knows what next That's time? Right. We haven't even decided. So come yeah. on back to figure it out with us. And uh, until then, we hope you'll remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless.